Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. After 13 years away, Cold Feet returned for Series 6 a few weeks ago on ITV. As a massive fan of the show, I was delighted it was coming back and jumped at the chance to speak to the show's writer and creator, Mike Bullen. From the home of TV news, interviews and reviews, this is the Custard TV Podcast. Do you bring it back? Does the channel approach you? How does the whole comeback thing work? Well, it started with the channel. I mean, it, it, can, it can work either way. You can go to the channel and, and ask if they're interested. But this time it started with the channel who came to the original uh, executive producer who came to me. And then it was a case of I had to write a script that would entice the actors to show enough interest. And that was a long hard process that took uh well between six months that took well over six months to get the script right and i took three attempts at writing the first episode and they were completely different stories and it was only the third episode that we sorry the third go at the script that i actually thought was worthy of uh, anyone's attention so we gave that first of all to the network who said yep we like this they gave it to the actors who said yes we like this Uh, And then it was a case, I think, of coming up with storylines to convince the network that we could sustain it over a series. And on the basis of that, uh, they were prepared to commission a six part series. And then it was a case of getting the money together because obviously they had to negotiate with all the actors. I wasn't involved in that process, but there was probably a a bit of the actors looking at each other, wondering what they were all getting and so on and so forth. (laughs) It's one of those things where, fortunately, there was goodwill on everybody's part. Everybody wanted it to happen, and so it has. And then it was. Were you worried that you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to remember the the rhythms and the styles of it, or were you able just to sit down and and sort of bring it back to life straight away? Well, I watched the whole of the first five series again to remind myself, (laughs) not least because I couldn't remember, (laughs) I couldn't remember, you know, all the backstories and so on. And, and the really, names of the kids and all those sort of things. Well, exactly, and and certainly their ages. We were sort of working out what their ages were. But but in fact, watching it back in the very, in the pilot episode, Karen makes a reference to David's sister. You know, I'd forgotten that we'd ever I didn't done that. Reference, that, remember that either. To be to be fair, no. Well, there's no reference made to him having a sister anywhere else. <laughs> and and in my mind, he doesn't have a sister. He has. <laughs> 
so I sort of explained that as a way to myself that that Karen was joking or or having a slight memory meltdown because basically in my mind David does not have a sister he has a brother. Well, you could do an, yeah, you could do an ITV crossover with Long Lost Family. <laughs> da- David could meet his sister with Davina McCall's help, perhaps. That's brilliant. Yeah, fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. Good, good idea. And so watching it again, that that helped to just bring their voices back and stuff. So actually, when I came to write it, that part of it was not difficult because the characters are based on real people. They they sort of they talk in my own head. <laughs> That's not uh, a good I mean, thing. I heard you on uh, I think it was Radio Five Live saying it's not an easy show to write. Yeah. What are the difficulties of writing a show like this? Uh, you've got to satisfy, you know, we've got a, cu- a cast of five core characters and you've got to make sure that they all have stuff going on. Um, I mean, partly the actors want to have a good role for themselves and you need to satisfy them because they're all big stars. So, you know, if you're making a movie and, and I'm not suggesting James Nesbitt is Bruce Willis, but if you're making a movie like, you know, like let's say Ocean's Eleven. But in fact, yeah. it's Ocean Six, and five of them have got nothing to do. Well, yeah. then they won't they won't come along to play. So, so we've got our cast. So I've got to satisfy all of them, and also I've got to satisfy uh, the the audience. So you don't want them watching an episode going, "Well, David wasn't in that." So there's got to be something going on for each of them. Uh, you've also got to find yourself in scenarios where you can both move the audience and create laughter. So you're sort of serving two masters at the same time. So it's, it's, it is quite a challenge. I love that photo. Mm. Have you not got a more recent one? That is recent. Oh. Well, she's young, isn't she? Not really. She's 30. Oh, wow. 18 years younger than you. Just a number. Yeah. 18. I think the reason it works so brilliantly now, I mean, it worked brilliantly then, obviously, but it works brilliantly now because there's nothing like it on TV. There's no simple, funny, emotional, human relationship dramas on TV anymore. Do you think that's why it's done so well and and why people gravitate towards it? Well, I think so. It's, it is a difficult, it's a difficult tone to get right. And, you know, I haven't got it right that often myself apart from cold feet i did life begins which See, worked I love well life begins yeah no I was, I was very pleased with that but but that's about the only other time where i've managed to get the tone right uh and i've done other shows which haven't worked and it's because it is an incredibly difficult to, tone to do because comedy requires a departure from reality mm. uh, and drama demands that you stay in reality and so you're trying to marry those two conflicting requirements and you have to walk a very fine line which means that you can both keep it real and yet allow for amusing stuff to happen so what do you think that you shouldn't be getting married oh shut up here look let's be tighter in the back tighter in the back i just don't understand why you are because Angela's only got six months to live. Oh, my God! That's not true. I just had her to shut you up. Adam, seriously! Oh, Jen, do you remember what it was like to fall in love, eh? Well, vaguely. You know, the agony when he doesn't call, the ecstasy when he does. Sorry, is this Pete we're talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what it's like for me with Ange. 
That's cos it's early days, you know, the first flush of romance. You don't get married off that. You wait till it's passed and then see if you can still stand the sight of each other. Well, we can't. Sorry. Well, I suppose that brings up tonight's episode with um, Pete's depression, um, which is very moving and very effective. I was keen to do that because like with testicular cancer, testicular cancer is not, or cancer is not a funny subject. Testicles are. So put them together and you've got... I don't know why that made me laugh. I should have been professional there and not laughed, but there you go. (laughs) But you see what I mean? Um, Yeah. (laughs) So that lends itself. Similarly, you know, depression is not funny, but... A grumpy old man is so mm. again there is a meeting point between those two which you can mine box set is available it was on the itv hub was was there ever a discussion about doing a previously on cold feet because somebody who i speak to who i'd made watch the episode who hadn't seen the series i don't know why we're friends um had uh, had said well it was it was good it was good but i didn't really understand the dynamics because there wasn't sort of a, a preamble and it went straight in did you ever consider doing a sort of quick previously on cold feet or was it a, a conscious decision to jump straight in with the flight back from singapore like that that's a good question because we started initially without any we just thought we would jump straight back in and then during the process we thought ooh should we have a previously on which was quite tempting, not least because the characters would look so much younger. Um, and, yeah, we could have done, you know, obviously that previously on would have had the car crash and the death of Rachel and Adam leaving. Um, I just didn't think it was necessary, really. I don't know. You could We could have done it. I don't know. To, to have had a minute and a half, because you wouldn't have done any longer than that, which would yeah. have allowed new viewers to understand what was going on. I think in a way... That's probably spending too much time for, for And those not... who have seen it are just desperate to start the new one really, yeah. aren't they? So yeah, it exactly. kind of doesn't win no win there really. Yeah, and, I'd sort well, of hope was... that, that that new viewers who liked it might go back and watch the old show, but yeah. A lot has changed in the T V landscape in thirteen years and Twitter wasn't around and social yeah. media wasn't around and overnights are perhaps a tiny bit less important than consolidated figures. Have you found it interesting or frustrating to be launching a show like Cold Feet now? Do you wish it was similar to the way it worked back in 2003 when people sat down properly in their (laughs) millions to watch telly? Well, that's really interesting because, again, when we came back, one of the considerations was how many episodes are you going to do? And initially, ITV commissioned six episodes. And I felt that we had uh, sufficiently strong stories to allow us to do eight episodes. But also, I think that's one of the ways TV viewing has changed. You know, six episodes is the standard, the, the previous standard for British series. But I don't think that's satisfying now. That's that's almost bite size. And if you're watching a box set, that's two nights viewing almost. <laughs> So, or one day, if you're really just <laughs> got nothing else going on. Yeah, true. So I felt let's do eight because I think six it'll be over too soon. So so that's one way the TV landscape has changed. I had to go back in after they'd commissioned six and pitch for eight, and I that, I was really pleased that ITV went for that because this this show 
is a big risk for them. It's a, an expensive show. You know, it's 10 million quid or something. And if it didn't or doesn't work, then they've got a lot of egg on their face. But I just felt if it pays off, then the benefit from doing eight will be that much greater than six. Also, as you said, yeah, there's all this social media now. When the show was first on, we didn't really have Twitter. Or I don't think we did no. have. Well, we didn't. We didn't have Twitter. It didn't exist. And what, again, has overwhelmed me is just how you get the immediate response. It used to be in the old days, you just got the critics and they would always yep. tend to be a bit snarky. And that was bloody irritating. But now, <laughs> but now the critics are utterly irrelevant because yeah. even Thank before... Thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking, I'm talking no, about the, news, the newspaper yeah. critics, you know, because even before they get to say their piece... And there are only about six or eight of them. But even before then, millions of people or, or let's say thousands of people have given their verdict on Twitter and Facebook and the rest of it. So their opinion, the opinion of the newspaper critics, they are just seven voices amongst thousands. Mm. So they are far less important than they ever were. You know, I'm getting the public's reaction to the show as it goes out, which is amazing. It's weird. And, and in fact, I didn't. I didn't follow the Twitter feed while it was going out because I wanted to watch the show. Mm, but mm. but friends were talking to me during the ad breaks saying, Christ, you should see Twitter. It's going berserk. So Nobody puts the kettle on during an ad break anymore. They just go on <laughs> Twitter and say how brilliant it is. Yes. You see, people don't realize that the Internet has really destroyed companies like PG Tips. <laughs> Those chimps have been out of work for years, haven't they? I yeah. don't know what they're doing. A lot of people have asked me to ask you, and I know you've been asked this a lot, and I don't think it's an answer you can give. How likely is more if the ratings and ITV are happy to continue? I mean, did you see this like a farewell tour, or did you think, I'm bringing Cold Feet back? Again, it was interesting. When it was first mooted, bring Cold Feet back, the question was, how do we do it? Do we do it as a one-off special, or like this life? I think they did two parts, or we could do a miniseries. Mm. I, I always felt... If we're going to bring it back, let's do it like we did it before as an ongoing series. And as before, we will just do it one series at a time. And if we feel there's more to do and the audience want it, then we'll do another series. I feel that we've set in motion stories that will absolutely generate uh, enough material for a second series. So if the audience are up for it, uh, then I would love to do a second series. The actors are all uh, optioned for a second series. Uh, it all depends on the ratings. When people talk about Cold Feet and its return, a lot of people were obviously fo- focusing on that the crash, which still haunts me, or the rose between the bum cheeks. But what, when you think of the show, what are your highlights and memories of it? Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I have, I've never considered that. When I think of the show, well, I don't think of any specific scene, really. I suppose if I if I think of a specific scene, uh, simply because it's one I've used again and again when I've done talks, and it's a scene that the beauty of it is not to do with my writing. I'm not even sure I wrote the scene. It might have been Matt Greenhalge. It was a, a, a script we both both worked on. But what I love is the way it is realised. So it's the scene where they are waiting in the hospital after mm. uh, Rachel, after Rachel's crash, mm. and it's it's the moment where the doctors come rushing through, and the, the friends are all just sitting there. 
spending the night waiting for news and the doctors suddenly come rushing through. And what I love about it, if you if you get the chance, please do watch it again, is they use music by Craig Armstrong, uh, which is incredibly powerful music. But they also take out the sound from that mm. scene. And, and I don't know why that is so powerful, but rather than hearing the running footsteps and stuff, all the sound goes and it's just the music and the scene in the uh, emergency room where they're trying to save her life is incredibly moving. I spoke to the director. The director was Simon Delaney. And years later, I was saying to him, one of the things I most love about that scene is that the the extras in it, the doctors and all the rest of the st- the nursing staff are so good. And I said, I don't know how you got them such good extras. And he said, that's because they weren't extras. They were real medical staff. Wow. Because when they went to recce at the hospital, they were talking about how it would all work and so on and so forth. And and Simon had the bright idea of saying, well, look, nobody could do this better than you guys. Would you be willing to do it? And so they were actual doctors. And so when, for instance, the doctor calls it and says, you know, I'm calling it. It's 4 p.m. Thanks, mm. guys. And all that. He knows he's 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 acting in the sense that he is just recalling real moments where he's had to do that. The looks on the nurses faces as they I just it just moves me to tears every time Mm. because you just get this sense of them just thinking, damn, we lost this one. Rachel, Rachel, in there. Rachel, Rachel, in there. CPR terminated at 4.43. Thank you very much, team. And it, it still sticks with me all these years later. 
I think I told you I had a um, my sister had a boyfriend in America who watched the whole show and couldn't believe it. He was trauma. You traumatized an American man um, with with those final <laughs> with those. Because he wasn't moments. Donald Trump. How did that come to be? And were you happy with the end result? And and had you thought about bringing it back? Would you have done the same thing? Okay, good question. Um, initially, we were going to kill off Adam um, mm. because he'd already had cancer, and I thought his cancer could recur but then when we did the research we discovered that actually it would have had to have been a completely secondary cancer and in drama terms that's just repeating something you've already done also also the you know the show it was adam and rachel at the heart and if anything you know it's adam is the central character so it would have sucked the center out of the whole show so in a way it was obvious when you thought about it it had to be the person most connected to him <laughs> the finger of fate hovered and pointed at rachel and said you <laughs> like those come. old lottery adverts that used to be on mm. <laughs> we never considered we'd be bringing the show back if i'd known we wanted to i probably wouldn't have had the guts to kill her but The reason we're bringing the show back is because we killed her. If we'd ended the show just with them, I don't know, leaving Manchester to start a new life in Singapore together, I don't think people would be that interested to find out what's happened to the characters since. Well, we just assumed they were living living the high life in Singapore and and that was that. Yeah, Yeah. So, so, uh, so, no, I absolutely don't regret it. I'm really glad we did now because I think it's why we're back. This is where we were living when you were born. I wish your mum could see an eye. She'd be so proud. I think of her every day, you know. Still miss her. She was magnificent. My greatest regret is that you've never known what it is to have a family, not property. I know it can't be the same with Angela, but when you come to stay with us in Singapore, I want you to feel like you're coming home. And revivals make me so nervous. Even some of my favourite shows have been revived and and not worked. Was there ever a chance that you'd have written something and not liked it yourself and said... We j- I just can't. We just can't do it. I'm not sullying the memory of the original show. Absolutely, absolutely. As I say, it took three attempts to get that first episode right, and we would not have put a script forward that we didn't think was good enough. Because you know, even though it was ten years or more since that show, when people say to me, "Oh, what have you written?" That's the first thing I'd mention, and mm. it still got an amazing response. And what I really didn't want was that we did another series. People say to me, oh, what have you written? I say, cold feet. And they say, oh, yeah, that used to be good. That's not worth the paycheck that comes with writing the show. So I absolutely wouldn't have done it. And it is interesting. you know. I, do you know the Gilmore Girls as a show? Yes, that's coming back on Netflix, isn't it? Yes. Have you seen the trailer for it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, go on. Yes. Well, I I, 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 I didn't know that show, but my younger daughter loves it. So I've started, you know, I've been watched a heck of a lot of uh, of episodes simply because she has been, and, yeah. and it irritates the shit out of me. But 
<laughs> it's the it's the rhythm and the fact they speak so quickly for no apparent reason, isn't it? And occasionally it? you just want to go, just shut up, please. <laughs> but but um, it is my guilty pleasure. I do. It's the sort of thing where it'll be. Uh, it's on at half past five in Australia, and my daughter comes home from school, and she might not even remember. And I'll sort of say, "Are we going to watch Gilmore Girls?" But, um... <laughs> not for me, obviously. But I thought you'd <laughs> but, like a reminder. And then I'll sit there criticizing it throughout. But uh, I was just interested by the trailer for the new series. Makes me think, "Wow, that's really interesting." Because Gilmore Girls was never really rooted in reality. It's this no. fictional little little America, which doesn't really exist. And it doesn't exist even more now than it didn't exist then. And yet the trailer suggests that they're still going to do this cutesy little town where everybody's nice and so on. I'm, and I'm oppositely I'm to you, it's four episodes and it'd be, you know, on Netflix you could do that in a day and it'd be done and that's the end of it. You've been... In Australia, what have been your drama? What are your drama highlights when you look other shows and shows that perhaps inspired you? What do you always hang your hat on as one of your favourites? Gilmore Girls aside, unless you want to <laughs> include it. Um, well, I do tend to look to uh, American television. Uh, mm. I, I think the storytelling in American television is absolutely superlative. Um, so the shows that I you know, if you, you trawl back far enough, the first show that just... Well, actually, the first show that blew me out of the water was a British show, which was um, uh, The Biderbeck Affair and The Biderbeck Tapes. You're too young. I, I need to look at that. Yeah, I'm sorry about well, that. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> I, I envy you. Um, but uh, it was written by Alan Plater. It was a comedy drama starring James Bolan and Barbara Flynn. And it was very... It was gentle, uh, but it was the first time I'd really seen humour in drama. And it sort of made me realise that you could mix those two genres. I was probably a teenager when it was first on, so I wasn't actively thinking this, but it obviously just seeped into into yeah, me. Yeah, it was there somewhere. Yeah, and in fact, James Bolam is in the new series of Cold Feet. And it was I know, was that, a bit of, was that a bit of a get then for, for you? Oh, I'd written this character just of an old man and they sort of said, well, you know, who are you thinking casting wise? And I never do. And I sort of, well, I don't know. And they said, what about James Bolam? And I was like, oh, my God. You know. <laughs> and my first, my first comment was, surely he wouldn't do it. And they said, well, you know, we can try. And oh, wow, that's fantastic to me. So sorry, I've got off the track. But mostly American shows. So Hill Street Blues, The Shield, Deadwood. Deadwood is incredible. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the production what? values in that show. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'll tell you the other show that I still watch and rewatch because it just doesn't date is the Larry Sanders show. Interesting. Very Which, interesting. To me, that's not it's not a sitcom. That's a comedy drama. And that is the precursor for all the shows like The Office, uh, all those half hours, which, uh, you know, half hour tends to be the sitcom format. Yeah. But Larry Sanders' show is so much more Cause than that. Because Deadwood's kind of underappreciated, isn't it? It never seems to be on any list of the greatest TV shows or anything. But it, it really should be. It's sort of a hidden gem. Oh, I and... think so. I, 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 those, those lists are often known because of the, I, I did not love The Wire. I, I can watch and enjoy The Wire and I can watch and enjoy Breaking Bad. Is it, one of, mm. is it as good as it's reputed to be I don't well I've only it's... watched both of them once and it'd be interesting to see on repeat viewing whether they, they're just 
a once in a moment thing or whether they well, still hold true. up. I haven't gone back to Deadwood because I fear I wouldn't enjoy it as much second time around sort of thing. But and just... have you used your daughter as inspiration for the for the teenagers in the show? Is it easy for you to find uh, Adam and, and Matthew's voice and, and the girls as well? Was that easy enough? I think writing kids is really difficult because uh, in in real life, their conversation of, of, of them and their friends, when they're with their friends, it's peppered with like. So, <laughs> yeah, that always irritates me. So, oh, yeah. well, I was I was once driving. This was a few years ago when they were much younger. But I was driving them, and they, you know, I was the taxi driver. I was invisible. They were just chatting, <laughs> and and after, and I sort of was just did a little experiment, and I and I said to them, uh, I just butted in. And I said, girls. In the last minute, how many times do you think you've said the word like? Because I had actually yeah. counted. And, uh, <laughs> I, and it was something like 25 times. Utterly ridiculous. Now, if you did that yeah. on TV, it wouldn't work because it would be too self-conscious and too obvious. Um, it would seem like you were mocking teenagers in a way, it, wouldn't it? If, ex- if that's exactly that. right. So, so I don't do that when I'm writing the younger characters in Cold Feet, but the younger characters in Cold Feet don't really talk like young people. Matthew came to see me last night. You'll get a call. I'm going to be expelled. Oh, Matt. Why? A teacher can't be smoking. Weed. What, and they're going to kick you out for that? It wasn't the first time. I thought it'd make me look cool. Any other kids did accept me. I saw you with your mates. Those boys you were messing with. They bullied me. I don't have any friends. I don't feign. I never have. I've always hated it. But it has been inspired by my kids and their friends because sort of some of the stuff in, you know, in the first episode, uh, Matthew was in trouble for um, dealing or selling nitrous oxide to his mates. Well, you know, a a year ago, I don't think I was even aware of nitrous oxide. And then it sort of uh, lumbered into our lives. So, uh, so, yeah, my kids basically replicating them and their friends. I've wanted to speak to you for years and I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity and I, I, I've seen the second and third episode and I, I think it just goes from strength to strength and I wish you all the best. I'm sure the ratings weren't just curiosity. I'm sure they're going to carry on. Oh, thank you, Luke. I really appreciate your support for the show and uh, I'm sorry I, I said 10 minutes but now looking at the time I've been rabbiting on for bloody ages but it's been a joy to <laughs> It's, it's lovely to talk to someone who actually is interested in the in the mechanics of making the show. Yeah, I, I do find it all so fascinating. Thank you so much for the time, and best of luck with, with whatever you do next, really. <laughs> well, hopefully another series of this. All right, mate, Yes, please do. So, another live goal achieved, chatting to writer and creator of Coffee, Mike Bullen. Thanks ever so much for listening. Thanks to Mike for taking the time to talk to me. The series continues Mondays at 9 on ITV. You can catch up now via the ITV Hub. And Series 6 will be available on DVD on the 31st of October to add to your collections as well. I'm Luke signing off from the Custard TV podcast. Thank you.
The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp.